Grab your Bible, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And uh, uh, Daniel, I didn't, I didn't give this part to you, but we're going we're gonna, to uh, go on down to uh, verse 10. Let's see, verse 13, and then down through ch- the beginnings of chapter 4. So, you know, if you got it up there, that's fine. If not, they should have had their Bible anyway. <clears throat> All right. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And we're going to start in verse number one. Uh, If you have social media, if you have social media, uh, then you're aware of what happened at the Grammys this past week, right? Everybody, how many y'all, how many y'all have no idea what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Really? Are y'all under a rock? My soul. Okay. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. On the Grammys, on the Grammys, uh, they had a, a singer on there that, that was singing a song called Unholy. He was dressed like the devil. It was basically, it was basically a demonic worship service. And they were all, I mean, you know, and there's a big uproar. There's a big uproar on, on social media uh, from Christians and, and that type of thing. They're not hiding it. They're not hiding Listen, listen, that they might have surprised every Christian, but temples. Have we not been talking about this the last five weeks? Listen, don't be surprised when sinners do what sinners do. Don't be surprised when Hollywood reveals what they really are and who they are really controlled by. We shouldn't have been messing with it anyway. Say amen. All right, I'm glad it wasn't. And I'm glad, I'm kind of tickled to death. Y'all had no idea what that was. I'm shocked, but I'm glad, I'm glad, amen. Hallelujah. I don't even need teach tonight, amen. Okay, but I'm going to, I'm going to. Second Timothy chapter number three. How many of you, how many of you maybe growing up Growing up, you, you've been in church a long time, but growing up, you heard an evangelist or a pastor say, we're in the last days. And that was years ago. You know, I, I, I've, I've, I've heard that my whole life. And, and uh, ever since I was a little kid, you know, I, I was always afraid. I was always afraid that Jesus was going to come back before I could drive a car. And then I was afraid he's going to come back before I got married. <clears throat> I didn't want, I'm like, at least, you know, wait, wait. But because we were always taught and learned that, hey, he could come back at any moment. And by the way, he can, he can. But because of, because of delay in man's eyes, there is, there is critics, there is scoffers that we'll learn about here in a little bit, but make no mistake about it. We are in the last days. And so I want to, I want to go to this. I, I posted uh, that we were going to talk about the last days. And sometimes when, when, when a person hears, okay, we're going to discuss the last days, uh, they want to talk about prophetic events and they want to talk about signs of the times and uh, uh, wars and rumors of war, you know, all these things. But that's not the way I want to go at it tonight. I want to do it a little different. I want to, I want to, cause, cause Paul, when he was encouraging Timothy and helping him, he didn't give him a bunch of signs, 
did he? He didn't give him a bunch of signs. Okay, look for this and look for that, look for that. But he did tell him what the condition of the world would be. In other words, this is what you're going to have to deal with. This is what you're going to have to face. These are the kind of difficulties you're going to have. And this is what you need to do about it. So that's the way I want to go at this thing tonight. So if, if everybody's clear, so if you came looking for a prophetic sign, it's the wrong night. <clears throat> but if you came to understand why you're seeing what you're seeing in this world and what you need to do about it, you're in the right place. All right. Are you guys ready? I hope you're ready at, at, at Fairview and those that are watching online. Uh, let's begin in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. In verse number one, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. This know also that in the last days, perilous, where it means dangerous, dangerous, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? That was the name of the song dude was singing. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. Now that's kind of curious. That's kind of curious. So, so far we've listed some hell, hellish type people. I mean, just hoodlums, you would think. But now all of a sudden he's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're, they're, they're going to seem religious. They're going to have their own religion, if you will. Having a form, a form is an outline with no substance. Boy, that, that's, that, that explains it. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such what? All right, now, now skip down to verse 13. Skip down to verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax what? Worse, worse. worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things that thou hast. Now th keep in mind, this is, this is the man of God, Paul, who is fixing to die. He is fixing to leave. This is his swan song. This is his letter uh, to the one that he is leaving behind. And he is trying to encourage him and, and help him. He says, continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, how much? All, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Now, what that means, doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, it is, he's telling you what's right. He's telling you what's wrong. He's telling you how to make it right. And then the instruction in righteousness is how to keep it right. Say amen. We get all that from God's word. That the man of God may be perfect, that means complete, mature, developed, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, therefore, in other words, because of what I just told you, because of what you're going to face in these last days, 
because of what's going to happen, I charge you before God, the Lord Jesus Christ shall judge the, who shall judge the quick and the dead that is appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant. Instant, instant means present or available. Be ready. Be instant in season. That means when it's convenient, when it's acceptable, when everybody likes it, and out of season, when it's not convenient, when they're not liking what you got to say, you got to preach it anyway. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful and grateful for the the great crowd tonight. I'm thankful for the spirit that's in this place right now. Lord, I just, I just feel your presence. And I, I, I feel, Lord, an atmosphere of folks that are here to grow and to learn, to become stronger, to be edified. Lord, as we exalt you, and Lord, help us to be prepared. Edify your people tonight. Lord, I don't deserve to be here, but I'm grateful and I'm thankful that you have counted me faithful and have put me in this ministry. Lord, I pray right now that you don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. Don't let me forget anything I need to. Help me to encourage your people. Lord, help me to uh, uh, help them realize that even though that perilous times are here, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God will give you the glory and the praise and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Before we really jump into this chapter, the first point uh, is is kind of an intro, if you will. And the the, the, the next two points are the the meat of the lesson tonight or the main content of the lesson. But I wanted you to understand about the last days. Uh, When did the last day, was, was Paul wrong when he was talking about uh, he could come at any moment. We should be expecting the imminent return of Christ. Uh, or, or was the, uh, the, the second century or the third century or the, uh, the, you know, those in the 1800s, were they wrong? And, and was those in the 1900s and the, in the seventies, the sixties, seventies and eight, were they, were they wrong about it being in the last day? Well, here's the thing that I want you to see. First of all, if you're taking notes, you've got the notes in front of you. Number one, I want you to see the commencement of the last days. When did the last days begin? When did the last days begin? According to Hebrews chapter one, in verse number one, it says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners, different ways, in other words, spake and time passed unto the fathers by the prophets. In other words, throughout the Old Testament, he communicated with people through his prophets. 
They would, they would proclaim the word of God. They would proclaim he was the, the prophets were the, the, the intermediate person, the one who would be, uh, represent God to man and man to God. If that makes sense, say amen. But watch this. It says, hath in these what? Last days spoken unto us by his, by his son. First Peter one twenty. Who verily, talking about Jesus, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, in other words, revealed, manifest means uncovered or revealed, but was manifest in these last times for you, or last days. Hebrews 9, 26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As we put all these together, you're going to find out that the last days, the last days began at the arrival of Christ. And more specifically, more specifically, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, but the, the arrival of the Messiah ushered in the last days. They ushered in the last, you say, well, preacher, that's a long time ago. There's been a lot of last days. Well, we'll explain that in just a minute too. Uh, but when that took place, the last days began, or if you want to use that term, the countdown began. The countdown began. So we see the commencement of the last days. Number two, number two, Paul is concerned about Timothy. Paul is concerned about Timothy. Timothy's got some issues. I'm telling you, Timothy's got some issues. I, can, I understand it. I see it. And I'm, I'm, I'm well acquainted with the problems that Timothy has. He's a young man who is pastoring an established church. How would you like to have followed, uh, how would you have liked to have followed the apostle Paul or Apollos or, or, you know, these, these great men of God and, 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 and now he's following their footsteps and, and he's having some issues. He's having some struggles. There's some difficulties in the church. He's a younger man trying to lead an older congregation. Uh, his, his problems has created physical problems and, and, and health issues. Uh, he says, take a little wine. He said, forget the water, man. Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmity. So he's having stomach problems. So that tells me, Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of your tears, right? So he's weeping, he's crying, uh, he's emotional, and he's got stomach problems. That tells me he's a bundle of nerves. Are y'all with me? And I get it. I get it. I understand it. How many y'all, how many y'all have had times in your life when you just nerves were tore up and, 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 and emotional, just stress. He was stressed to the max. Can I have a witness right there? Well, that's what he's going through. And this is what Paul. And so Paul is trying to encourage him. Paul is trying to strengthen him. Paul is trying to let him know what he's going to face and what's coming down the road, coming down the pike, if you will. And because, because here's the thing. It's really the punch you see coming ain't the one that hurts. It's the one you don't see coming. And so Paul is trying to help him and, and, and teach him and encourage him. And so here's what he, he begins to say. Okay, look, this is what's coming down the road. This is what, this is what you're going to have to face in the last days. 
So secondly, we see the commencement of the last days. Number two, we see the conditions. Write that word down, the conditions of the last days. The conditions of the last days. And write this down and we'll we'll discuss them. There is a pattern of degradation. There is a pattern of degradation. This is very important. This word is very important. Because it, it, it will help you understand there's a lot of false teaching out there. There's a lot of false teaching out there saying the world's getting better and better. That the world is going to, you know, the church is ushering in the kingdom. The church is going to keep getting stronger and stronger and better and better. And more people are going to be saved and more people are going to be one. And the, and the gospel is going to get to the ends of the earth. And, 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 and the church is going to create a, a community transformation and world transformation. And the church is going to be responsible for making everything better. And then Jesus is going to come and establish his kingdom. That is completely false. He never said things were going to get better and better. Everywhere you find in reference to the last days, everywhere it says it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Worse and worse. There's going to be a degradation, a degrading. And by the way, if you go look in Romans chapter number one, you'll find out that's the same process that took place. Degrading, going from better to worse. And, and, and that, that totally destroys evolution too. You know, going from worse to better. No, God says you were here and you're going to end up here. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now we see a pattern of degradation. Where do we see that at? First of all, in humanity. Write this down. In humanity. Unless you already got it. I can't remember whether those are blanks or not. But it says this, men, verse two, 2 Timothy 3, 2, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Lovers of their own selves. Have we ever seen a society that was more full of themselves than we have today? Covetous, covetous, not satisfied with anything. People with millions wanting two million. Greed, you know, our whole political spectrum is nothing but greed. Boasters, bragging, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. That's a biggie. I just seen, I seen another uh, uh, headline of a a mother who killed her, her children strangled them. I had five different, I had five different headlines that I was going to share with you of mothers who, who, who took the lives of their children. One of them, one of them was, was, I think, I think it was four children that she drowned one after another. They found footprints down the hallway, two sets of footprints. So they were suspecting that one of the children got away and was running down the hallway and she chased it and brought, now, I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, but the greatest, the greatest instinct, natural instinct is a mother's protection over her baby. And we're seeing this, this is not just a shot. 
This is happening. I mean, on a regular basis now. No natural affection. And by the way, it's, it, we have seen it also with men killing their families. No natural affection. Uh, truce breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. Fierce. There's just, there's just a sense of anger everywhere. Just everybody's angry. Everybody's angry at everything. High-minded, or excuse me, uh, uh, despisers of those that are good. That's, that's big time. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, I want you to look at your notes. Luke 17, 26. Luke 17, 26 says this. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Talking about humanity here. We're talking about humanity. What does the Bible say in Genesis 6, 13? And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with what? Violence. 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 Okay. So Luke 17, 28. Likewise, likewise, also as it was in the days of what? Lot. Where, where, where do we know Lot from? Sodom and Gomorrah. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So he's saying it's going to be like the days of Noah. And the Bible says the days of Noah were filled with violence. Then it says it's going to be like the days of Lot. Now, what is Lot known for in that particular city? It says Genesis 13, 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before God, what? Exceedingly. Exceedingly. Jude 7 says this, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. Fornication is any sexual sin. Any sexual deviation and going after strange flesh. In other words, and I'll, I'll explain what that is in just a second. They are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. Now, what happened? What happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? God sent angels to go take Lot out. Lot was Abraham's nephew. Okay. If you will know if you will go back and read, you'll find out that there were three men, three men who went to see Abraham. Abraham was a friend of God. I believe one of those men was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus in the form of an angel. Listen, they fellowship with Abraham. And they said, Abraham, we're going to tell you what's fixing to happen. Sodom and Gomorrah is fixing to burn. And Abraham entreated and he begged God, said, listen, if I can find some righteous people, will you spare it? Sure will. And y'all know, y'all know, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but y'all know, went from, uh, 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 I can't remember the first number. Was it 50? It was 50, 40, 30, 20, and it, just 10. And if, can I find 10 people that are righteous. He said, okay, I'll spare. Could not. In the whole city. 
So the next scene we see, how many, how many men came to Abraham? Three. The next scene we see, there are two. You see, Lot was out of fellowship with God. Abraham was in fellowship with God. So these two angels went to Lot and Lot, uh, he recognizes the deal. He recognizes these are sent from God. He said, come on in the house. Come on in there. Go read it. I mean, it's just, he is, so, he is nervous. Come on in, just come on in the house. You can stay with me and, and, and man, I'll, I'll fix you dinner. And, and then you, tomorrow you can go on and be about your way. You know why? Because Lot knew the city. Lot knew the heinous wickedness of the men of the city. And so uh, they said, no, we're going to stay out here and, and, you know, we're going to stay out here in, in, in the courtyard. We're gonna, no, 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 please, please come in. And so they, they went in. About that time, the men, young and old. In other words, they were completely depraved. This was not just the old men. It was young and old. They said, hey, let, let them men come out that we may have sex with them. They wanted to have physical relations, homosexual relations with these men. They were not aware that they were angels. They just knew that they were, hello. And Lot begged them. No, no, no. Let, let me see how backslidden Lot was. He said, I've got two virgin daughters here. Just have your way with them. And they refused. Because they had been turned over to a reprobate mind. And they were so crazed and depraved. They began to, and, and, and Lot begged them, said, you're just become our judge. We'll just do worse to you. And about that time, the angels pulled Lot back in the house to rescue him. And afflicted those men with blindness. Now, so what are we, what are we saying, preacher? He says, as in the days of Noah... And as in the days of Lot, the days of Noah was characterized by great what? Violence. Do we see that in our world today? I mean, it's everywhere. It's there, people pushing people in front of trains, people running over people because they, uh, the road rage in the highway uh, will shoot you for anything. There's great violence all over this planet. But not only that, there is a, a incredible amount of sexual perversion right now. And it, it, it is amazing that, that such a small percentage of a population, I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact number, but it's like one point something percent of the population is controlling an incredible amount of attention in everything. You can't get away from it at sports. One man, one man on a hockey team, one man on a hockey team said, listen, I, I'm not, I, they can do what they want. Y'all can do what they, y'all want, but I'm not going to participate in this. My, my Christian beliefs will not allow me. He's called bigot. They wanted to kick him off the team. All this stuff. Uh, help me, help me. Uh, uh, coach the uh, Colts and he coached the, the Buccaneers. Dungy. Dungy participated in the, the March for Life. 
And liberals wanted him kicked off of TV because he marched for life. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying it's going to get. Come on, everybody. It's going to get worse and worse. And you're going to see a greater amount of violence. And you're going to see a greater amount of sexual depravity. And the people that call it out will be called evil. The further away a society gets from the truth, the more they will hate the ones that tell it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So there's a degradation, first of all. What do we see? A degradation in humanity. Humanity. Humanity's not getting better. Humanity's getting worse. And by the way, let me say this. Let me say this. I know we're not in Revelation. I know we're not in Revelation, but I'm, I'm going to throw this in. Uh, do you know that's what the tribulation is there to prove? The whole tribulation. What's the point of seven-year tribulation? God is going to be vindicated. God is going to be justified in punishing sin and wickedness. You say, well, what, what, what are you getting at? What are you getting at? Throughout the whole tribulation period, if you were here, you're going to remember this if you were here through the tribulation series. But throughout the whole tribulation, God is going to do incredible things to get the attention of humanity. Even when humanity will know that it's God doing it, they will still blaspheme and refuse to repent. And, and that's going to take away the, all the excuses from people that says, oh, he was really a good guy at heart, but he was around a bad atmosphere. It's nurture. It's not nature. No, no. No, God says we're corrupt by nature. David said in sin did my mother conceive me. Our heart is desperately wicked. Who could know it? Are y'all with me? Say Amen. And so man left to his own devices will not get better. He will get worse and worse and worse. And that's what's happening. So there's a degradation of humanity. Then number two, there's a degradation of nature. There's a degradation of nature. Jesus said there's going to be earthquakes and natural disasters, volcanoes, weather patterns. Matthew 24, 7, Jesus said, there shall be what? Famines. At a time when there's the amount of technology in, on this planet, all over the world. You know, third world countries have gotten fewer and fewer and fewer because there's more technology and more, more wealth and, and all of that. And there's still people starving to death in famines on this planet. There's going to be famines and pestilences. You know what a pestilence is? It's the word for plague. Plague. COVID sound familiar? And then this variant and that variant and this form and that. Fo- th- that's not going to stop, y'all. They're going to keep coming. And everybody and anybody saw what happened in Turkey and Syria this week? Devastating. Devastating. 
in diverse places. Diverse places. So what is that? What, what's happening there, preacher? Romans 8, 22. For we know the whole creation, what? Groaneth and travaileth. Now, the word travail is the word used with a mama in labor. You mamas in here, y'all know what that means. The pain, the struggle, the fight, the difficulty in giving birth. There is a groaning, there is a struggle, there is a, a churning, if you will. You say, preacher, you're talking about the planet. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because you got to remember, you got to remember that when God cursed man for his sin, he didn't just curse humanity, he cursed his creation. You see, this earth is under the curse too. This earth has issues. This earth is groaning. This earth is desiring deliverance, if you will. This earth is cursed. Now, so we see a degradation in humanity. We see a degradation in nature. Watch this. There's, there's going to be a degradation in Christianity. Or Christendom. Christianity. Now watch, here's what I need you to separate. Here's what I need you to separate. Let's just say, let's just say this picture, this picture is professing Christians or everyone that claims to be a Christian. So Christianity on the planet, does that make sense? In that, there is a remnant. There is a remnant. There is a small number. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. So when, I, when I'm talking about Christianity, I'm not talking about the real church. I'm not talking about the remnant. I'm not talking about uh, the true blue born again believer. I'm talking about what the world sees in the church. Now, let's explain. Watch what he says. It says in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3. And by the way, by the way, all these TV preachers talking about a great worldwide revival and the church is breaking out and this is going to be the year. You know, every year they say that junk. Every year, this is the year of blessing. This is the year it's going to, you know, this is the year of prosperity. I wonder what, what happened after their parishioners saw two, 2020. It's false, guys. When they jump up and start and say, hey, this is the year of the breakthrough. This is the year of the, you know, God is moving on it. No, no, no. Don't believe that garbage. Listen, what does the Bible say? Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a. Say it again. A first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, the man being revealed is the Antichrist. Okay? Now, the Antichrist cannot step forward 
according to scripture till after the rapture. So the falling away is going to lead up to the rapture. Falling away is a degradation. Can we agree with that? Falling away from faithfulness, falling away from belief, falling away from, in another word that's used in scripture is the word apostasy. Apostasy. Have you ever seen so many celebrity, celebrity Christian singers, celebrity Christian who are having, they're calling, this is what they're calling it. They're they're deconstructing their faith. In other words, they're, they're no longer believers. They're no longer Christians. You mean, you mean, let me tell you what John said about that. You never was. No, you, you had a form of godliness. You had a convenient Christianity. You had a popular celebrity. Uh, what, what, what it was cool to be a Christian. And you never was a true believer. Because John said, if you was, you'd still be with us. But you ain't. You are not with us. You walked away, which proves you never was of us. He said, because if you was of us, you'd still be with us. I believe in the perseverance of the saints. I believe that. Listen, but there's going to be in the big picture, not the remnant. The remnant's going to be there, baby. But church as a whole on this planet is going to be falling away. Now watch what else it says. Watch what else it says. It says Matthew 24, 12. And because iniquity shall abound. In other words, it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. More wicked, more sinful, more heinous out there. That the love of many shall what? Wax cold. cold. The love for God. The love for worship. The love for church. The love for one another. Revelation 3.14. And into the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. And, and let, me help, let me help you. If you're not familiar with Revelation, chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation are seven letters to seven specific churches in Asia Minor. Starting with Ephesus, going all the way down to Laodicea. And God, in a prophetic way, gave you an outline of the age of the church. From Pentecost, the apostolic church of the early church in, in Acts all the way to the Laodicean church age in the end times in the last days. In other words, Ephesus teaches and shows us how it all started and Laodicea is teaching us how it all right before the rapture of the church. That the church as a whole, the church as a whole, the professing church who proclaim to be Christians. He says this, This is the description that God gives of what it's going to be like. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true. Witness the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, this is a reference. Now, stay with me. Don't, don't be turning no pages. 
This is a reference of the water system that came into Laodicea. One of the cities had a spring that had ice cold water that was refreshing. Another city had a hot water spring that would, you could get in and soothe your aching muscles and it would cause healing and bring comfort to you. But this one would come through and it had to come through an underwater aqueduct. And by the time it got to Laodicea, it was nasty. It was lukewarm. It was sickening. And so God uses that illustration in that picture of saying that the church, the professing church, the church that the world sees is going to be sickening to him. There's in some of these letters, it made God angry in some of the letters it made God, it grieved God, but the church of Laodicea will make God sick. You're not hot and you're not cold. Let me explain. Here's what hot is. Hot is your saved. And you know it. You're a child of God. You are born again, bought with a price. You're on fire for God. You are committed to him. You're sold out and you're faithful all the way over here. You're cold. You're a sinner and you know it. There's no question about it. You don't claim to know God. You don't claim to be saved. You don't claim anything about any religion whatsoever. You're cold. But over here in the middle, you have lukewarm. You're not hot and you're not cold. Here's what this is. This is a person that is really cold, but they're claiming to be. This is that form of godliness he was talking about. This is that fake Christianity he was talking about. This is the church that's full of tears that he's talking about. And we are filling up churches all over America, especially in America, but all over the world with unbelievers who are religious and they're coming in to the true body of Christ and they're bringing in false beliefs and false understanding. And listen, you cannot build a church with unbelievers. And because of that, there's going to be a great falling away. A great falling away. Listen, I, I believe, I believe COVID really, I don't want to say it started it, but I believe it is a great indicator. Churches ceased to exist during that time. There are churches still right now reeling and struggling and you guys don't understand this because you don't understand this is, this is, this is weird Temple is not the usual place. You, 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 you can't even conceive what's happening out there. There are pastors that are ready to quit. They're ready to throw in the towel because their people just are not coming back. They're just, they're just, they've done all they can do and there's no excitement and there's no joy and they're about to close the doors. They're falling away. And Christianity is not going to get any better. Now here's what, here's what I need you to know though. Here's what I need you to know. At the end of that letter, he says, I stand at the door and if any man, not a singular, if any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Now, if you're, if you're not from the country, you don't understand what that means. That means fellowship. That means cathead biscuits and gravy. 
That means sitting around and enjoy each other's company while we spreading a little, little, a little dinner on the ground. Say amen. amen. And what Jesus is saying here, even though that the church as a whole is going to degrade and listen, is going to fall away, that there can be a Philadelphia church in a Laodicean age. Just because this age is going by the way of the devil, there can still be churches that are individually on fire for God and faithful and committed to the cause of Christ. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, we're not going to get caught up in that. We're going to stay true. We're going to stay faithful. He said, how do we do that? Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you won't know what was on the Grammys. All right. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm telling you, it just tickles me to death. All right. So there's a pattern of what? All right. There's a pattern of degradation. Can we all see that? It don't take a rocket scientist. All right. Then there's a practice of deceivers. Let's hurry because we're running out of time. I'm going to try to practice what I preach. I got onto all the other preachers for being, going over time. They shouldn't do that. So I'm not going to, I'm going to try to do that, not do that myself. Practice of deceivers, Matthew 24, four and five. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall what? Deceive many. many. Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers shall what? Deceiving and being deceived. 2 Peter 3.3, knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where's the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things as they were as they were from the beginning of creation in other words i've been hearing this my whole life and ain't nothing different that's what that's what they're saying and peter said they was going to say that now let's look number three quickly the caution for the last days second timothy 4 1 i charge thee I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. What do we need to do in the last days? We need to preach the scriptures. This world doesn't need psychological mumbo jumbo. They do not need, they do not need self-help motivational speeches. They need a man of God to get the word of God, open it up in the power of God and tell them what God says. Preach the word, preach the word, Timothy, preach the word. Don't preach your opinion, preach the word. Don't preach what you think, preach the word. There's going to be days it's going to be easy and there's going to be days it's going to be hard. But preach the word. I like what God told one of the Old Testament prophets. Be not afraid of their faces. Y'all don't understand that. But if y'all see what I have to see, you you would understand that. (laughs) 
I've been preaching and there's people out there. And it's only the Holy Spirit that keeps me from going. But I don't. I ain't yet. But when I get old. I can do what I want. They'll just say, ah, oh, he's old. He just, he just, just ignore him. He's old. Preach the scriptures. Look what it says. The time's going to come and we're there, guys. We are there. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It would blow your mind. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't blow your mind. The last Four or five weeks, man, I've been giving you verse by verse by verse by verse by verse of everything we've been teaching about being not conformed to this world. What does the Bible say about the and and just chapping people, not liking it, thinking it's too extreme. Here's what they want. But after their own lusts, in other words, their own desires, I want to live a certain way. I want to be a certain thing. I want to do a certain thing. And I'm going to find somebody that will scratch my ears. That will tell me what I, I want to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Watch thou in all things. Here's B. Endure afflictions. Preach the scriptures. Persevere through suffering. Persevere through suffering. Paul didn't tell Timothy everything's going to be all right. He said, you're going to have to persevere, son. There's going to be some times you're going to have to grit your teeth and bear it. Sometimes there's going to be people talk about you. There's going to be sometimes there's going to be people criticize you. There's going to be sometimes there's going to be people that do you wrong. And he says, tough it out, son. Persevere. Persevere. Then do the work of an evangelist. We not only need to preach the scriptures, persevere through suffering, but we need to pursue the sinner. Preacher, what are you going to do in these last days? Are you going to petition the government? No. You going to form a protest? No. You going to call CNN? No. I'm going to just share my story. Whatever sinner I run into. And say, can I tell you what God's done for me? Can I tell you what God can do for you? You see, you, you can, you know, all this rage that you, you see from Christians on, on, on social media. You know, I tell you what, we better, we better. I'm like, we better. We are. Where you been? Here's the thing. This is, this, is, this is what I need everybody to understand about this world we're living in. It's the Titanic. 
Okay, everybody look at me. You can be patriotic all you want to be. And listen, I'm red, white, and blue through and through, top of my head, bottom of my feet. I'm, I'm, I am. But America ain't coming back. America is right now under the Romans chapter number one judgment of God. And we're not going to save America. But we got lifeboats. And we're going to save as many as we can before it goes under. What is all this Project America stuff? It's lifeboats. Well, I tell you what, I think we need to go to the Capitol. Well, go on. Let me know how that works for you. Now, I'm not saying don't vote. Everybody needs to vote. Everybody needs to vote. And I, and, and you should, whatever your civic duties are, and that, I'm, I'm cool with all that stuff. But I want to tell you, it's not going to get better. And it's not going to change. Listen, we're not going to transform churches all over America. But we can win them one at a time. One at a time. I, I, I read a story of, uh, this little girl, she was on the beach and, and somehow or another, the tide had washed ashore thousands and thousands. I mean, as far as you could see was one way to the other way, starfish, a little starfish, something had, I, I don't know what to do with something just, just, and they was just thousands. And this little girl would go and pick one up and throw it in the ocean. And she'd pick another, oh, I got to stay in my, my square here. She'd, she'd pick another one, throw it in the ocean. And she was, what is well-meaning gentleman, older gentleman come up to her and said, baby, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're, you're really not making any difference. She thought about that a minute. She picked one up. She said, I might not be, but it's making a difference for this one. And it's making a difference for this one. Preacher, what are you saying? Let's pursue sinners. Let's pursue sinners. Let's go after them. Let's try to save as many as we can before this thing goes under. Church, say amen. amen. Let me give you last, last three here. Four. Five. Let's see, four. Four, yeah. Did I give you number three, the caution? Did I give you that word, the caution for the last days? Okay, here's a conclusion. Here's a conclusion of the last days. First, we're going to see the word criticize. Where is the promise of his coming? We've heard it our whole life. Where is the promise of his coming? Peter Peter answers that. B, we see the way confirmed. He assures us. He assures us. He said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack. The word slack, we could put the word late there. 
In other words, it's not like his alarm clock hadn't gone off. He's not late. The Lord is never early. And he's, he's right on time. If he hadn't come back yet, it's not time. Watch what he says. He's not slack or he's not late concerning his promise as some men count slackness. Say, why is he holding up for? But is, say it again, is to not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to. Say, preacher, what is he doing? He's holding on. Maybe for you. Maybe for your son, your mother, your aunt. He's long suffering. He's being patient. So people have time to repent. Then see, we see the word criticized, the way confirmed. All of this is in 2 Peter 3, by the way. And then the world consumed. Preacher, I just think we need to try to save it. Well, let me tell you what you're going to save. Trying to save this old world is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's just going to be pretty when it goes under. You say, what do you mean? Look at 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements, how many of y'all know that everything that you see is made out of, out of elements? Did y'all do your, y'all do your science in, in, in class? Your elements had the, the element chart. and you, you, Everybody with me on that? Look what it says. The elements shall what? Melt. Melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be what? See, it don't matter whether you're driving a Mercedes or a Yugo. They're going to burn up the same. Don't matter if you're in a trailer or a a $50 million mansion. It's all going to look the same. Are are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Why are we so concerned and consumed with this world when this world is going to be consumed? It's going to burn up. It's going to burn up. It's all going to be dissolved. Seeing that all these things, in other words, look look what Peter says. This is exactly what he's saying. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for the hasting and unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt. With fervent heat. Preacher, when's that going to take place? Right after, right after the last rebellion of Satan after the millennial reign, God is going to melt this planet, this galaxy, completely dissolve it and make it completely brand new. He's not going to try to remodel a cursed world. He's just going to make a brand new one. And all God's people see it. Let's stand to our feet with 34 seconds left on the clock. And I'm going to pray. Let's pray now. Let's pray before it turns red. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house. 
I pray that you'll bless us now as we persevere and we win as many people as we can till you come. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it.